Welcome to Next at the Mic Radio, a lively hour of unscripted roundtable conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts about their inspirations, goals, and insights to help you find your own mic. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's Bonnie D. Thank you, the voice of the voiceover. I have to tell you, does anybody think he's real or do you think he is an AI voice? Let's go around the table quickly. Ron, what do you think? Real or AI? Real. Okay. Rook, what do you think? Absolutely real. Wanda? Or you. Wait, wait, wait. You, got, you had your choice. You had your chance. Wanda, what do you think? Real. Okay. That is an AI voice that was worked yeah. on diligently by Robert Cellino, the general director of general manager of Voice America. And we worked on, he worked on it and we sampled about, oh, about 25 different mm. voices and about 50 iterations of it. And I like this. It could have been a little bit louder, but you got the drift. And he says the words very, very nicely. So thank you to The Voice. We'll just say that. Welcome everybody to the second episode of Next at the Mic. I'm Bonnie D, longtime host on Voice America. And I'm inviting other hosts who value radio, who are excited about radio, who like to talk and do it very well in front of a mic. And the whole message of our show is radio is alive and well. I don't call it podcast. I call it radio. I might be very old fashioned, but that's what it is. So I have a little poem here that's going to briefly introduce you to my guests. And when I call their name as part of the poem in the verse, I want you just to wave and then we'll get you to each do a bio for us. So here's the poem. Welcome to Next at the Mic's Grand Stage, where voices come to life, stories unique and sage. In the realm of stories where wisdom takes flight, you ready? Meet Ron Roel, his words a beacon of light. Journalist of years, in aging he finds grace, a tale of success in life's enduring race. Oh, I love that. Dr. Wanda Wallace, her conversations are like art, guides leaders with wisdom right from the heart. In debates and feedback, her expertise prevails, nurturing inclusivity where understanding sails. And Rook, a creative soul, has dreams to unfold, a maestro of branding, ventures so bold. I'm all choked up. I'm so excited. Positivity fuels his entrepreneurial flame, empowering others to honor their name. With Bonnie D, that's me as host. The stage comes alive. Next at the mic, where stories thrive. Today, are you talking to me? That's the title of the episode. Empowerment is wide. A symphony of voices. Will you take the next mic ride? So, what do you think? Yeah, do you like I it? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Pretty cool? Pretty cool? I'll tell you how I did it, just so you know. I took a snippet, the first two or three lines from each of your bios, and I said to ChatGPT, please make me a verse for my opening monologue on the show using this text. It took about uh, three seconds for the first version. I asked it to do a little shorter. It cut too much. Then I added a couple more things. I said, do it again. It gave me two versions side by side. I picked the one I like. Then I edited it, changed a few words, and here we are. Nice. So there we go. So thank you. So enough about that. Let's go around the table and get some introductions here and find out who you really are. Ron Rowell, we have never met until oh, about 18 minutes ago. <laughs> Right. And we're all fast friends. I know we're going to be longtime friends. Ron, I'm putting you on speaker view and asking you to please introduce yourself to us. This is a new show. We're on the Variety Channel on Voice America. And people here might not know who you are. So tell us what you do, what your show is or are about, and what's the value of radio to you. Welcome, Ron. Thanks very much, buddy. Um, so I'm a, I'm a longtime journalist, uh, daily journalist, worked for a newspaper, uh, and had many iterations since then, 
uh, I started a, a section of the paper, uh, actually in the early 2000s, called Act Two. Basically, uh, I wrote about business, but my uh, discovery was listening to a seminar that, hey, we're all living a long time, longer than we've ever lived before, and uh, there's not really much of a plan though beyond midlife. You know, so we we get through half of life. You know, we go through you know school, growing up, college, getting a job, get married or not. Uh, you know, continue on our career. And then it's like, now what? So my show is called 45 Forward, which is basically saying, take a pause, you know, as you come to middle age, because you got a whole set of years going forward. What are you going to do with them? How are you going to live? They're going to be challenges, health, uh, finances, but also lots of opportunities um, to do, to have what I call a successful life. So that's my theme is successful aging in spite of all the challenges. And the reason I like radio is because it really, it gives me an opportunity to really take deep dives with guests. You know, it, there's a certain intimacy to radio for me. So you don't know, you're not you know worried about, you know, you, how you look. You're just there voice to voice with your guest. And that there's, there's a certain uh, power to that for me. So I really like that. I really like it. You know, we've been, I've been on TV a number of times and I really prefer radio because it gives me an opportunity to really connect in ways that we've been doing for many years since the 30s and and you have that same intimacy today that you did then that's lovely thank you very much ron i have a question for you can you tell us what year or how many years ago you came up to be next at the mic in other words when did you grab the microphone and say i want to be a radio host how long ago was that not that long ago it was um about uh, two years ago january oh really january 11th yep Really? Yep. Well, congratulations. Very, very nice. I'm very happy to have you here. Let's go around the table. Wanda Wallace, I've been hearing your name. A good friend of mine, Brad Borkin, has been a guest on your show. Brad couldn't stop telling me how much he enjoyed speaking with you. And when I was setting up for today's show, I said, gotta have Wanda Wallace. On the Brad's been a so here you are. Fabulous guest, as have a number of other people. Brad has been a special one. All right, so Wanda Wallace, I'm a coach, a speaker, a writer, podcast slash radio host. That's what I do. My specialty is letting helping leaders do a better job and helping employees do a better job. And for me, that all comes through the quality of the conversation. Everything comes down to the conversation. Host of the radio show, Out of the Comfort Zone, because that's where growth happens is when you get out of your comfort zone. And why did I do it is a really interesting story. So indulge me for a minute. I started doing this because Robert Cialina convinced me into doing it. And I said, yes, I'll do 13 episodes. That was in 2015. And I'm still doing them. I did it because I thought it was a bit of give back to people who would never have a chance to come to a session with me. Okay. And I keep doing it today because it's my learning laboratory. I get to call people like Brad and a host of others up and say, spend an hour talking with me about your life's work. What could be better than that? I mean, that's just really cool process. At any rate, radio consistent with my work is about conversation. And there's a level of concentration when it's voice to voice only that's unique. That's why I do radio. Very, very nice. I will tell you all that when I started at Voice America, I started with roundtable panels, and I was having three, four, and five people on each show, and it was all done over the phone. And I had to learn to develop a listening listening device in my, my mental ear, my spiritual ear, that said, 
did Wanda just finish a sentence? Is she going to say something else? Or was that a comma or a semicolon or a dash? Because I didn't want to step on my guest's toes or their next sentence. So I learned very, I'll tell you all later the story of how some of the early shows go. But at that time, I was having sometimes up to eight or 10 guests at a time on a show with six, four guests each 15 minutes with us kicking them off the phone lines for my holiday special. So it was very, very interesting. When Zoom came available and they said you can, you, I could use that, I went to visual radio in 2019. And this is, this is what I love is watching people think, Wanda. I like to see, see them move and I like to see the eyes and I like to see the hands and I like to see their lips move and, and, and their attitude. And uh, so that's the style I have embraced. So thank you very much, Wanda. Such a delight to meet you. And, uh, Wonderful. 2015. Wow. Good, 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 What's good. Up? Rook, the man with <laughs> one name, all in capital letters. I have to know the story. So I'm putting you on speaker view. Rook, regale us. And look straight ahead. We want to see. <laughs> hey, the how are Welcome. you? So I'm Rook. Uh, because you want to know the story. My last name is Rook. My first name is Daniel. And Rook is in, in the world of brain is a little bit more unique than Daniel. Uh, and I love all the Daniels out there. Uh, so I, I do branding, marketing, and sales. And I started my business 25 years ago. I'm still 14 and a half. I really, really am mentally, uh, very much so. <laughs> and, uh, and so in my pursuit of growing my agency that does branding, marketing, and sales, I fell in love with this thing called an entrepreneur. And uh, that was about 17 years ago. So someone said, well, you can teach stuff. And I said, yeah. And I, and I have these pretty formulas that I use internally. Uh, and I'm holding up a couple pieces of paper that are really, really nice design. But I took these one sheets. And it's how I scaled my business. And I started giving them out and teaching from them. And I loved that. I love the generosity. I love the effect. I believe success is a human right. And this is my effort to help entrepreneurs along the way. And so as I did that, I, I have a cool business club and all this good stuff, and I've been broadcasting. And then Robert and I were just chilling in one of our, our things, and he said, you know, you, you really should do this. I said, hey, look, I've always dreamed uh, of doing it. It's one of my things I want to do is it, a, a morning talk show. And so we did it. And so that idea, uh, well, it, you know, it was it's a couple months ago. Um, we've been hustling doing it. Our show is the Game Changers Talk Show, and it's uh, where we do daring feats of business insights and office mischief. Because I, uh, here's the deal. I own several companies, several brands, and it's a lot of fun. And, and that's what I believe. I believe owning a business, and, and look, I get it. It's like a roller coaster ride. But if you're the only one screaming, you look kind of weird. So I say, come, <laughs> come scream with us. We're going to give you real things that you can actually do to apply in your business, how to make money with your dreams. I've lived a dream on top of a dream on top of a dream. And I just we just give out our formulas and we tell you from real things. Oh, yeah. My co-host is, is my lawyer, my second best friend, because my First best friend's my son-in-law, but he's my lawyer. He's been my lawyer for like 17 years or so, and and, and, he, and we play Dungeons and Dragons together, so we get kind of nerdy. It's a lot of fun because that's what business is. If, if you're going to do this every day, you might as well have fun with it, and so that's what we do with our show. We give you real things that you can really, really take and apply that are very, very practical, and we have an incredible time. I love that. Thank you for the... Well, I know you're 14. We Well, I'm, I, I'm, yes. I, I admit to 17, so I, I'm probably a compatriot of yours. Wanda, you want to give us a, a an aspiration? I don't know if Ron wants to do that. If if I'm 17 and Rook is 14 and a half, anybody else want to jump into the teenage pool again? No way think, on earth do I ever <laughs> want to go back to those years. I don't even want to go back to my 20s and 30s. I'll stay sort of right where I am right now. It's a pretty good time in life. 
<laughs> I'm happy to. Exactly. It's just a joke. Ron, any any age you would like to jump huh. into that teen pool again? Not really, you know, just metaphorically. Um, uh, uh, late teens, uh, 18, 19, I, I could do that again. Yeah. I mean, I think early 20s, all of a sudden things okay. shift a lot, you know, until you're in your 30s. Yes. So, um, uh, but I'll tell you, um, you know, when you ask people are, who's who are who's happiest in life, people in their 60s and 70s often say they're the happiest. I think so. I think so. I think we've all proved that. Well, Rook isn't there yet. I don't know about Still the 14. rest of you. I nope. won't admit too much. So there we go. I want to tell you all we're live on November 7th. This is the 311th day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar. 54 days left to this year. If you're planning something wonderful for New Year's Eve, glad to still be here to be alive. We've made it through a couple of really dark tunnels health-wise and otherwise. We're still coming through a couple of those, not to talk about. This is the 45th Tuesday of the year, but what I'm going to tell you is, uh, Ron, if you had a relative way back when who had a whiskey still behind Behind the house and they were doing the uh, you know the bootleg whiskey and not paying taxes you go get that still because it's time to start making whiskey again and we won't tell Rook uh, you look like the kind of guy who might be making Kahlua or Drambuie or something in a second sink in the garage in the back of the house in the basement and you got to start because you don't have much time to have all those flavors meld and taste really good Rook so somebody just walked in and Wanda you look very elegant to me and I'm going to guess that you might be going to an online store to buy something in a bottle with a cork for New Year's Eve. Maybe, I don't know, with or without alcohol. I don't know, none of my business. But I'm telling you now, Wanda Wallace, the shelves will be empty very, very soon because it's going to be a big damn celebration this year. So get thee to wherever you're going to buy yours. And Rook, Rook, is your background changing? We're, we're getting a Dramamine moment <laughs> here. So I've warned all of you. And I have to tell you, I have to tell you that... The Gregorian calendar didn't exist until Pope Gregory decided that he didn't like the way the extra days of the leap years were positioned in the Julian calendar. So he said, well, I'm Pope Gregory. I'm just going to change it. So I'd like to think that his mother, who probably called him Greg Gregory or Gregor before he was a pope, said, you know, you're a pretty creative guy. I'm very proud of you. But they didn't know that hundreds of years later, hundreds of centuries well, many centuries, hundreds of years, do my math, we would be talking about how we like the Gregorian calendar. So there you go. Shout out to Mr. Gregor. Now, I have a quick little segment here. I didn't prepare any of you for this, but is anybody a Scorpio, October 23rd to November 21? Nope. Anybody? I'm a Libra, just passed, but I, I have some relatives in the Scorpio. I'm going to read a couple of personality traits, and I want you to just raise your hand and wiggle one of your nice fingers, not the mean one. I mean, if this describes you, and then I'll, we'll see if you want to be an honorary Scorpio. We'll just take two minutes for this. So, fixed water sign. Scorpios are known for loyalty, devotion, and passion. Anybody? Loyalty, devotion, and well, I'm just thinking about it. Ron's thinking about Rook. He's, yeah, he might. He might. One finger. Okay. Deep feelings and emotions, intense personalities. I want to move over to Scorpio. Acute sixth sense, gut instincts may ignore the facts, always analyzing and processing information. They don't let their guard down with strangers, but they are faithful, reliable, and generous if they like you. No other sign will hold your hand or dry your eyes when you cry, fight your battles as if they're your own, their own, or laugh over obstacles even though the humor is a little bit on the dark side. They're also moody, obsessive, secretive. Ron, I don't know about that. Love fiercely and fully, and they're the most genuine sign of the Zodiac, never phony or fake. Anybody want to be an honorary? 
I, I do that? too. So here are some recommended careers. See if this fits any of you psychologists, psychiatrists. Well, it's a matter of degrees, excuse me. Detective or surgeon. Boy, we're in the medical field here. Pharmacist. Well, I won't say bring on the drugs that I just did. Researcher, financial advisor, tour guide, or criminologist. I love it when I have mystery writers and thriller writers on the show and we do this. And criminologist is pretty close to that. Detective. Famous Scorpios. Lord who's having a birthday, the singer, Leonardo DiCaprio, Katy Perry, who keeps remaking herself, Winona Ryder, Tracy Ellis Ross, Drake, Julia Roberts, Pete Davidson, who just keeps hosting SNL, Ryan Gosling, and Sean Diddy Combs. So how many people, how many of you wanted to be a, an honorary? Yeah, not so sure. Yeah, I'm a Libra. I'm a Libra body You're like you. You're a Libra too. Okay, yep. we're, we're going to stick with Libra. Rook, what do you think? Did you like some of the I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm June 21st. So that's a cancer, and Jim and I were on the cusp, it, so... I like my duality. You like your duality. Wanda, you want to be partial Scorpio? Where are you want to I'm stay? Leo, pretty much through and through. I'll stay with it. <laughs> Do I like some of the qualities of Scorpio? I'm wondering Jack to those. Yeah. I did too. So we'll be we'll be hybrid Scorpio, some of us. Okay, let's go to the quotes. I've asked each of you to please send me a quote from a fictional movie or TV character or a song lyric, and you're going to tell us what this has to do with your life or your hosting or your radio show. Do something with it. So, Ron Roel. I like saying nice. your last name, Ron. I really do. Roel. It just, it just trips mm. off the tongue. It's very poetic. I should have done something different with the poem. The quote you sent is from the Beatles song from 1967, written by Paul, but credited to right. Lennon and McCartney, released on the 67th, 1967 album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Interestingly, I haven't given the lyric yet, McCartney wrote the song when he was 14 years old in 1956, one of his first. It has three clarinets, two regular and one bass. It's a, a young man singing to his lover about his plans of them growing old together. I sense a theme here, Mr. Rowell. The song was sped up when it was recorded in 67 because McCartney wanted to sound younger mm. to the young man who is in the song. What's interesting was in the early days in 1964, in the 1960s, uh, the amplifiers on the stages blew out a lot and electricity went off when they were performing. So they kept this song, and I'll tell you what it is in a second, on their set list, okay? And it has to, has to do with his father, Jim, who turned 64 that year. Here's the line Ron has selected. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? I'm killing the song when I'm 64. Ron, I try not to sing, but I just couldn't help it. So, Ron, I'm putting you on speaker view to give myself a chance to wipe the sweat off my brow. And why don't you tell us how you picked this and what does it have to do with your show? Well, keep singing, Bonnie. I don't care what, <laughs> what anyone said. You have to just keep singing in life no matter what you sound like. That's what I feel. Uh, well, the reason I picked that is that my show is, is 45 forward. And, uh, I think people as in their younger years do, do worry about this. Like as I get older, um, will I be relevant? Will I be important? Will I have a sense of purpose? Um, now having even myself gone beyond 64, I'm like, oh, that's still kind of young. <laughs> so, but my feeling is that I, the part of what I want on the show is to really give people a sense of, of moving forward, 45 forward. And and actually, not only is that a good time, I think, to pause, but I found out from a friend of mine that if you look at the uh, uh, aspect of actually physics, if you want to throw the ball farthest, what, what angle do you throw it at? 45 degrees. So it's a time when you really start thinking about 
How can I live a vital life all the way through? Because there are going to be challenges. So I want people to, to, to think about that. And one of the most important things as we get older and contribute to longevity is a sense of purpose. You know, and it can be regular retirement, but can you, do you get up every day out of bed and are you relevant? And part of that is, do people need me? Will they feed me? Are there, there practical aspects? You know, when I'm 64, 74, 84, 94. Thank you very much. Tell you a quick story. My mom, Ruth, lived to 100 years, one month and 15 days, died in her own bed in my arms, didn't have a, an aide, a nurse, didn't need one. And she said to us, to the family, you're going to waste your money having somebody come and sit and watch me have my cornflakes or my special K with a banana every morning and go play bridge and mahjong, play the piano for my friends, go and get my hair and nails done once a week, dress like a movie star. What? You're going to really waste your money on that. She did give up her car voluntarily when she was 98. We, we had a mutual understanding. But she lived life, Ron, to the fullest, to the very last minute. And she wasn't even sick. She just had a cough that turned out to mm. be the killer flu from wow. 2017 that nobody knew. Yeah. But it was, it was quite a ride, quite a life. And uh, she was always relevant because she kept doing with people. And her friends all lived into their early hundreds. I, don't, I used to say, I don't know what these women are drinking. They all outlived their husbands. But they, Gertrude died at 104 and somebody else at 102, 103. I mean, Ruth went early. So, <laughs> And when she read obituaries for somebody in their 90s, she used to say, too soon. Nice. Too soon. There you go. Yep. So anyway, thank you for listening to that. Uh, and I have to tell you that when Paul McCartney's manuscript for the song was sold, it was the equivalent of, in 2022 dollars at Sotheby's, it would have been $110,000. But in 94, it went for 55 grand. And um, John Lennon added some of the names of the grandchildren to the song in the studio, and that's how they got in there. So thank you very much. Wanda Wallace, uh, you have picked a three-word quote. I like the real short ones. I couldn't possibly sing this because I don't know the song. The song is performed and co-written by country music artist Mary Chapin Carpenter, 1992, from her the first single from her album, Come On, Come On. It was number four on the Billboard Hot Country Singles and Track Chart. Oh, story of a woman who repeatedly receives bad omens for the day ahead of her. Her horoscope says the stars are stacked against you. Stay in bed. So what does she do? She goes and buys a lottery ticket, and I won't say anything else. But the line Wanda has picked is the title of the song, I Feel Lucky. Wanda, talk to us. Great I line. love this because the – so first off, the song is this lively – full of life, you know, take the bull by the horns in some ways, not unlike you just described about your mother that, and it's just really upbeat. So if you're having a bad day, this is the song to listen to, but more importantly, the song is about going against the odds, you know, breaking the norms, not doing what everybody told you you're supposed to do, not listening to anybody's advice because the cards are stacked against her. She's supposed to get back in bed. And instead she blows it all, goes and gets a lottery and wins so it speaks to me about my own life, you know, going against the odds, breaking the norms, getting out of the comfort zone and succeeding. And it also speaks about my show, my philosophy in general. So you got to take some chances. You got to have some adventures. If you don't get out of your comfort zone, you don't grow. And I think to Ron's comment about 45 forward and to your mom's comment, that willingness to keep growing and stay curious and take some chances is what keeps you relevant in the world. I mean, what I, it you can't get any better than that. And I feel lucky. Thank you. That was lovely. By the way, 
Ruth, we were able to bookmark my online radio shows. This was years before I came to Voice America, and she was able to go to her favorites and listen online. And every Monday night after my creativity show, she'd call me on the phone and tell me how much she enjoyed my guests and what she got out of the show at 8.01 every Monday night after the show. And she was listening, and she had to do a, a report on one of her her groups, senior groups. She wasn't in a senior residence. This was a fancy-schmancy three-tower apartment building, you know, and she was mad because they were letting old people in, you know, golf courses, and they had a movie theater, and they had a spa. And uh, anyway, it was just very, very interesting time. I'll remember what I wanted to say in a minute because I want to get to Rook's quote here and then I'll come back to that. So Rook has picked a quote from the movie. Well, the character was Uncle Ben, played by the wonderful Cliff Robertson, the movie Spider-Man, which has a hyphen in it, not one word, 2002 American superhero film based, of course, on the Marvel Comics character created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, blah, 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 starring Toby Maguire, William, Willem Dafoe, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Cliff Robertson, and Rosemary Harris. And if anybody doesn't know, it's Spider-Man's origin story after being bitten by a <gasps> genetically alternate, altered spider, outcast teenager Peter Parker develops spider like human abilities and adopts a masked superhero identity to fight crime and injustice in New York City because Wanda Wallace is there and we don't want any crime to impact her and her, what she does. He faces the sinister green goblin as he does this. Ben is Benjamin Franklin, Ben Parker, Uncle Ben. He's the husband of Mary Parker, played by the lovely Marissa Tomei, and Peter's paternal uncle and father figure. He was played by Cliff Robinson in from 2002 to 07 and Martin Sheen in The Amazing Spider-Man in 2012. And the line, of course, Rook has picked is, with great power comes great responsibility. Rook, take it away. What does this have to do with what you do? Uh, it's words I live by. Um, I realized that I have the power to do a lot of crazy, cool things. And with that, they can go bad, they can go good. And while I saw a lot of people in the entrepreneur world who are, know how to take money but not make money, these gurus that, you know, that are slick, slimy, and precious, and all that kind of weird stuff in their sales and all that, I was like, ah, there's got to be a better way here because this is not fun. And so I, uh, while I had an agency, I still do have an agency and I have a lot of these solutions because how I skilled mine, I said, well, I actually have the solutions. I actually have the answers to what these people are wanting, and I'm just going to give them away for free because that's my responsibility. So it's one of my personal mantras, and it's also a reminder of as we go out there in the world, you know, I think generosity uh, is a, a best way to bring people to your world and uplift people, and so I live it every day. I like that. Great responsibility, yes. You have to understand it. You have to define it. You have to grab it. You have to take it and be accountable for it. Right, Rook? Got to be yeah. accountable for it. Yeah. Uh, one of my business shows the other day, we were talking about who gets to be blamed in the corporate tech world today for a lot of the hype about things that are or are not going to be a good thing for enterprises and for people. And I chimed in and said, how about the word accountability instead of blame? And they lightened up and said, you know, that's a much better word. Take responsibility, be accountable for what you're bringing in or what you're doing with it. So there, enough philosophy. Quick shout out to Rachel Stapholz at Voice America designed this beautiful background I'm sitting against uh, with the microphones. And we didn't realize that my red mic, my Focusrite Scarlet Solo would fit in just lovely next to the mm -hmm. silver and the black mic. What do you think, Rook? Good branding? It's like a little bouquet. 
Yes, it is. And I, I hear yeah, the flowers. It just works. From it. Of course. Rachel's it awesome. absolutely does. Yes, she is. Thank you so much. Now, thank you for the quotes. I appreciate it. And let's go to some of your discussion statements you sent me. Ron Roel, I'm going to your statement number four. I will read it. You don't have to go find yeah, it. It's fine. Good. Unpack it. Talk about it a little bit. And then I'll ask Wanda and Rook if they have any comments. Or if you want to comment, just wiggle one of your nice fingers at me and I will see you. That's why I'm seeing you on Zoom here. So Ron says, Internet radio has the potential to reach many more niche older markets, combining traditional live shows with podcasts that address the flexible listening habits many people prefer. Interesting. And this is on the on the subtopic we have today on the future, the impact of radio. Where is it going? How long are we going to be doing this? So, Ron, talk to us sure. for a minutes. Sure. Um, you know, people think about older folks as, <laughs> as older habits. You know, they like print. You know, they like books and they do. But I think that, you know, a lot of us are, you know, like stories. We like listening to one another. We like conversation. Um, You know, we're we're, we're a society of storytellers and listeners. Um, And so I think that um, radio especially has has a lot of flexibility to it because you can do a lot of things with it. You're, You're not sort of burdened by the visual. You're not burdened by TV shows in terms of, you know, time blocks. Um, you can be conversational. And I think uh, you can really carve out niches that, you know, that uh, you don't need to defend by, you know, sheer numbers. And I think that, you know, people are looking for niches in life. They're looking for specialized interests. I think that, you know, Voice America, you know, is an, is a prime example of that. It, 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 it looks for people like us who to carve out niches and, and recognizes that pe- people are looking for variety and diversity in life. And this gives people really an opportunity to find it. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. When did the spark come to you? You said you've been doing radio for about two years, Ron. When did that that little message say to you, I want to be next at the mic? I really, really want to do this. Was it was it a quick decision? Was it something you just perhaps you heard of Wanda or you heard of Rook and you said, yeah, they're on the radio. I could do that too. What was that that uh, epiphany? Yeah. Was it an epiphany? Yeah, it was kind of an epiphany. I mean, I had never really thought about it. Um, interestingly, you know, people have met me and said, you know, you have a really nice voice. You, you have a real radio voice. I never really thought about it. To be to be <laughs> perfectly blunt about it, the epiphany was Robert Cholino calling me <laughs> out of the blue. And uh, I said, okay, you sound like a nice person. Why are you calling me? How did you find me? He said, we have our ways. We can find people. <laughs> we can, yeah, no, no. We, we do research, just like I can tell Ruth, you, uh, Bonnie, you do a lot of research. Um, oh. and, and so... Yeah, so so he he checked me out, and it just it was one of those things, Bonnie, where just like I said, yes, this this is my next step. How can I spread my message beyond the traditional print, you know, websites, um, you know, traditional media? And I said, and 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 nationally too. So we have a national platform. So I said, no, this is it. This is it. And I it didn't take me more than a couple of minutes to say yes. Very nice. I consider it global because I have listeners all over the world right. to my shows. So 
that that's the magic of having radio without wires and it doesn't have to be just uh, where, where the tower is, right? Remember the tower? By the way, I almost bought a radio station, a terrestrial station, several years ago. Somehow I was with a group of people on Long Island. Wanda, you'll appreciate this. Doing my, I had four TV shows at Public Access at Great Neck mm. and partner with my director and somebody else and we found out somebody was selling, uh, I think it was an FM, um, it was... Uh, mix of different music styles but a lot of classic uh, Sinatra types of stuff and a husband and wife were running it and they had mortgaged themselves into the ground and their staff were were second mortgaging their houses to try and keep it floating they weren't getting enough advertising dollars so they put it on the block on the mark and it was a couple of acres with multiple buildings mm. and a tower and it was very, very interesting. But what I think you'll all get a kick out of was somebody who owned the station had collected LPs. We're talking wax, vinyl records here, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that were there was a residence on the on the lot and there were outbuildings and we went into one of these buildings and there was a table wanda with thousands of records and I thought oh my god for the price we're going to pay for this we get the records too (laughs) (laughs) we ended up not buying it you know why because we were told that the EPA would have to come and check the ground because they thought there might be something running underneath it that had never been checked before And we would have to fund that excavation. And we said, sayonara, baby. Some, somebody in South America bought it. I don't know what he was going to do with it. Anyway, it was interesting because who was it said wanted a morning, morning show? Was that you, Ruth? Yep. You wanted My goal in buying that station was to become the drive time morning host every morning, five or six or seven days a week. That's what I wanted to do at that point in my life, Rook, just so that's why I told you the story. So there we go. So let's see where we are. I'm picking a statement from you, Wanda Wallace, and here we go. Wanda, by the way, you go by doctor. What's the degree? It's Can we, a no? PhD in psychology. Oh, I have a bachelor's in psychology. Never got that far, but I went into computer programming in the early days, so got a couple of those. Okay, here's what Wanda told me before the show. She says, I am a believer in the power of education. However, we need to take a hard look at how people consume and remember information. I believe podcasts and radio shows are a key component. The challenge is how to get people to remember audio content when we know most people remember more when they write or read. Wanda, this is an interesting conundrum, a challenge, yeah. a dilemma. Yes. Talk to us. All right. So first off, let's start with the first half of it, which is I think we do have to reevaluate, particularly when we're talking about adults, not in school, who want to continually learn and improve and grow. And I'm convinced that that is going to become bite size. That it's, you know, you don't have five hours to go and sit in a class. You're not going to sit and read a book from cover to cover because you just don't have the time and the capacity to do it. So I think people are looking for bite size. And I think this is where radio has a powerful role to play because I can make it storytelling, which is interesting and memorable. And I can make it bite size and I can make it actionable and I can get concentration a little bit if I work hard at it. So that's one part of the philosophy. The second part of the philosophy, though, is it's true. The challenge when you speak for a living is making sure people remember what you say. So if you don't tag it with a story or you don't paint a visual image with your words, you got to do something else to get people to write it down. Maybe you have to use Rook's um, sheets 
that he gives away that have the hint of how you do it. I mean, maybe that's it, but there we need something <laughs> that engages people in the visual side, I think, because otherwise they don't remember. Interesting. Interesting. Ron, you wanted to make a comment? Um, well, I, I generally agree. I, I think that, but one of the things I think that is great about radio and that, that becomes also a podcast is that you do have this ability to say, okay, you were doing something now, but later on, you may re-listen to right. it. I think that people really do need a reinforcement. I also think one of the things that is a benefit to the oral aspect of it is that people, you know, to to Juana's point, need things in bite size. They also are constantly multitasking in ways that are often not productive. But if you can find a way to do that, in other words, if they are on the treadmill and they're listening to podcasts, they can multitask, but they can also remember what they're what they're listening to. Very, this very is, well put. Go ahead, Wanda. I think repetition becomes a really important part. And I think stories become a really important. Can I do a quick story, Bonnie? Yes, please. So, and then we're going to get Rook to chime in after that. Yeah. Go ahead, Wanda. Back in the day when I was teaching MBA students, and that was when I was 14, I will admit to being 14 back in that era. <laughs> we got her. We got her. It was a long time ago. Any rate, I, you know, you do this wonderful content, you do all these fabulous things, and you meet your students at an alumni event. You know, they're all coming back. And oh, hi, Wanda. It's great to see you. I remember, you know, the thing I remember about your class was that story you told usually about my son, you know, and some some something that he had done and how it related to the message of the day. And I finally decided people remember the story. I mean, Ron said it others. We are storytelling human beings. You tell the story. The story has to carry the message. That is how we're going to get people to remember. Very well put. And that'll be part of, I'll be telling you what that has to do with when I do some famous social media, not famous birthdays in a few minutes. Rook, what do you think about this idea of education and bite size and storytelling? Come well, on, join us. The bite size, I'm doing a two hour daily show. We are doing the morning show. So we got a lot of bite sizes. Um, Story is important. And, and one of the things that we do, even on our show, is we have different characters. I mean, like, we were talking this earlier, but this is one of my famous characters. This is my this is my dragon that sometimes has to come up. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What's uh, what's Jason the dragon's name? We want a cameo. With, with Jason. Jason, my co-host is Jason, and it's it's a, it's a joke because uh, it's with an I nine O, so it's different. <laughs> and and so what we do is is we take some of the things that we're talking about, and and we play games that also have stories. Sometimes it gets a little you know Dungeons and Dragons, right? And with that, and and it's very memorable because it gives examples of real lessons in an exaggerated situation, so that your playfulness mind can stick into the information without feeling like you're being educated. Uh, so th that's huge. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I went with uh, Jason as my co-host, uh, because he's uh, he flies over here to plays Dungeons with us. He is our DM, which is cool. But he's an incredible storyteller. And I, and I think that's very, very important because it really sticks a lot of the lessons that we're trying to get across. Very well put. Wanda, thank you for the story. Appreciate that. It is, it's those, to me, it's those sound bites that people remember that little, somebody will come to me and they'll say, I heard you talking about your mom on the radio, uh, you know, tell me a little more about her. It's just that little, that snippet that goes into the memory and stays there. Ron, talk. Yeah. Just uh, picking up on what Rick was saying and Wanda was saying earlier too, stories and, and the two elements that, that always attract me and stick with me is not only stories, but humor. If if someone is a good sense of humor, I remember that story, and and I and I go, I, I like this person. I like I want to hear them talk. I want to hear their conversation, 
And part of that is also, it's not just the humor. It's what I hear from the two, from all of you is a sense of authenticity. When you're telling stories, I believe you. And you know, it's, it's real. And that's not something that, you know, it, it's just something you feel. You know, when I hear your excitement, Rook, it's like, that's authentic. And it, I really appreciate that. Ron, on that point, I stopped using the word authentic a couple months ago, oh. and I replaced. Wait, hold on, hold on. It's going to get better. I replaced it with real deal with a hyphen in the middle. Oh, good. Real deal. And when you said real, that's what I look for: is a real deal person. Is your real? You're the real deal. Rook is real. Wanda's real. Ron Roel is real. Yeah, even rhymes. Yeah, I'd like to think <laughs> I'm real too. It's it is that sense of humor. It's giving yourself permission to smile, to laugh, and to say something that might. Tickle somebody's funny bone. Isn't that part of it? Isn't that part of engaging with people? Wanda, go ahead. I think it's more than just humor. I think humor is important. I agree with you, but I think it's more. The reason I think my students remembered my stories and they were always about my son is because there was a passion. There was a genuine emotion. I can't talk about my son without having an emotion around the stories and the events. And I think that's what we respond to. So it's not just the flow of the story. It's not just the humor. It's the emotion that's embedded in it in the teller's mind. That's that's what makes the real deal. When Ruth was just about the last day of her life and she was in a medical ICU suite and they gave me a suite and a couch and blankets and they gave me somebody to talk to and they, they took beautiful care of us. It was quite an amazing thing. But the medical students at the hospital approached me the next morning. And they said, can you tell us the story of your mother's life? I said, what? They said, this is a 100-year-old woman that everybody is taking good care of. And we know she's not much long before we have to unplug the ventilator. And they said, we'd like to know the story of her life. And through great tears, I told them who Ruth was. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. She and I hosted, Wanda, we hosted a TV show for... Oh, uh, about 12 years called Senior Moments, The Happy Ones. And talking about storytelling, we'd get on, it, it was, I don't think we did live, we record, pre-recorded it at Public Access in Great Neck. I, I had several other shows. And we would get on and we had mother's friend, uh, Gertrude, who, the one who passed at 104, a couple of years after Ruth. Gertrude, we picked her up in the car, we brought her and we sat her between the cameras. She didn't have much hard hearing left, but she would say, you girls are really good actresses after the show. But anyway... So I would say, I'm Bonnie D. I'm the junior senior here. And you are. And I look at Ruth and she, she'd make up a different name, a different middle name every time. She said, I'm Ruth Bettina. I'm the senior senior. I'm Bonnie's mom. And I'd say, who's Bettina? I said, that's not your middle name. So, well, I just feel like being Bettina today. And the next time we did a show. And so somebody guest said to me, <laughs> do you write this script before the show? I said, are you out of your mind? We just let her loose and she just says whatever she wants to. And there was such a charm in the way she told a story. She told the story of who Bettina was. That was her. That was she, whatever. So bringing back a lot of good memories. I want to move on because Ron also sent me some, I'm sorry, not Ron, Rook. I get my R's mixed up here. My reading and writing's here. Rook sent me some interesting statements and Rook, I'm going to combine two of your statements. So listen to this. Rook says, because it's live on radio, things happen that are not planned. Half the show is needed to see what happens. And then you say done right. It's more transparent, real and engaging. We've been discussing that real and engaging. So talk to us about 
things happen. Two hours on the air. That's my dream show. Rook. Is it? Yes, it is. You know, it was. (laughs) So the importance of radio uh, and and broadcasting, especially the live, is is so so important. You know, I my background was doing a lot of events, and I still do a lot of events. And these events that we do um, have always been live. And I've done the pre-recorded stuff, and I just don't have. First of all, I just don't have fun with that stuff. I have to have an audience. I have to have the play stuff there. You know, it's why I got a co-host. It's why our chat. You know, it's all lively and it's amazingly fun that makes it playful that's 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 what's important and when you are doing this live there's always that that chance of what can go wrong right and what's going to go right and where's this going to go next and i think there's an energy that you bring to it when you do it when you do your stuff live and when you're talking about a radio show oh i love it i'll I'll be honest one of the reasons the nostalgic part of this is i normally get up around three o'clock in the morning you know that's my kind of my routine naturally and a lot of that happened to listen to great radio Right. So you talk about multitasking. I'm sitting there painting and designing all that as I'm listening to this kind of stuff. And I felt like, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there at that time. But but as a business owner, what's going in my head is kind of important. And so I was sitting there going, what's there that's entertaining and showing the truth of business that it can be fun and uplifting. Uh, and, and so that's why we, that's why we did it. And, the, and the, the reason to do it live and my buddy, he's on the other coast. He's really getting up early in the morning because we do it at uh, six o'clock. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Six o'clock. And, um, and so the live about it is, is what's the most intriguing thing. In my opinion, it feels more real. It gets more spontaneous and you can be, it's an t- entirely different energy than, you know, kind of taking cuts and then cutting and editing. I agree. I do all my shows live now. I live stream and there's no editing involved. However, if somebody, accidentally says something they shouldn't have or they didn't want to, I flag it with my engineer, like Jordan is here in the background. I would type a note in Zoom and say, Jordan, could you please take out that last sentence? And he'll say, yes, I've got it. And before it goes into podcastville on voice america as the replay because it is live it's once it's out there it's live he will edit that little tiny snippet out and that's the way it will go into perpetuity if you will so i appreciate that i like the live and i call it reality radio because you never know what's gonna happen right i want to see if we can squeeze in um one more statement wanda this is interesting statement number four then we're going to do some some celebrity birthdays and birthdays of people you've never heard of and some holidays i guarantee you've never heard or celebrated before wanda says it takes a village to sustain a career Podcasts and radio have a role to play as part of that village, whether it's part of team development, lunch and learn, self-help, or other. Wanda, take about three minutes and tell us. This is interesting. This is looking at the purpose of the host right. doing the show. Who That's has? Right. A all right. So first off, oh. you can't do your career all by yourself. It does take a village. So you know, happy to have that conversation with anybody who wants to have it. But I think people managing careers, like managers managing careers, are missing a trick by not using podcasts and radio shows as part of their training for their teams. So the simple thing, and I don't know why people don't do this more often, pick a podcast or a radio show that you want to listen to, listen to it together, spend 30 minutes talking about it, mission accomplished. Have people listen to it offline, come and talk about it. I mean, create a library of your favorite episodes, shows, hosts, whatever, that becomes a library for the people that you're mentoring and training and coaching. I mean, 
It's such a simple piece that's out there in the world that could just be a brilliant part of the village. Nobody's talking about that, Wanda. This is the first I've heard that exact. Rook, please well, join us. What do you think? So I never, look, I'm, sh- I'm an introvert. And I, I no, I really, oh, really sure. am. And I'm very, very shy. I really, I don't even leave my compound. I really, I don't see humans. I, I like my little family unit, this bubble that I, we've designed. My whole thing started that I needed to duplicate myself. And so I started making these lessons, these one sheets. Cause I was like, you know, no one needs 300 hours of videos to do something. They just need something quick. And then I started giving that out and I liked how that felt. So as I did that, that was my internal training give external. Then I started doing teachings internally that became more talks. And then as I was doing that publicly and where we are now, every time we do an event, my team absolutely is there also learning. And to have that one-to-one, that's really, really huge. Now the, the show was like, I want to take this even further. Right? So that's where the, this is just an extension of that, but in a lot more playful because it's more entertainment than learning. But what you're saying is so vital. I, 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 work is not my life. I live my work. And so what you see here and everything I do, I always take a step and there's a ripple effect. And if you can incorporate your team, your clients, and, and, and my clients are integrated into mine, that is a huge thing that you could do a great effort to show up that you have all these touch points with your village. And it's absolutely the best way to go about it. I like that. Ron, that applies to you as well in terms of reaching out to people who might not be able to go to a live event or attend a conference and there you capture the information on your show and you can they can listen to the podcast anytime. Ron, you want to make a comment? Yeah, I, I love this concept. You know, people um, you know, quote, it takes a village, but but Juan has taken this to another level and and really brought it to how much it affects life. Nobody, you know. People have, you know, entrepreneurial ideas. They have singular ideas and insights, but it it's always part of something. It's always part of, uh, as Brooks says, a team or just a collaboration. Um, that's we are a society of of that's built on conversation and interaction and engagement with each other. So any great ideas are inevitably the result of um, implicit or explicit conversations, exchanges. Um, you know, even, you know, we, we tend, you know, in America to celebrate, you know, uh, celebrities and, you know, and, and notable people. But if you start digging into their lives, you find out how many other people were part of their team, even brilliant people like Einstein's like, yeah, but, uh, Einstein's wife was pretty cool. <laughs> she gave him a lot. There's a woman behind. Who do you think gave Benz the money for the first Mercedes Benz was Bertha? Yeah. And who do you think tested the car out in the field when he said, I think this thing's going to go? And she went out and tested the car for him. Yeah, lady. Rook, go ahead briefly because I have some things we want to cover. Go ahead, Rook. Oh, I just thought we were a champion women like behind every man. I, I totally agree. <laughs> I, I was just like, yeah, that is. That I'm, is I'm nothing without my ladies. That is. Now, do you, do you see how this works? This is a conversation. I Why have to ahead. say, because I think everything that happens in business happens ultimately in a conversation. Yep. And by the way, I have to tell all of you, my Monday night show is called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I bring people from every profession, every walk of life. To the, It's not all singers and dancers and artists and photographers and designers and furniture makers. I have architects. I have coaches. I have doctors. I have anybody, people who, who do travel things for people, you know, people who re- do retreats. I have everybody coming on and talk about how they've created 
their life in a round table just like this. And that's what I like is we're talking about the theme. People say, oh, I want to come on and give 20 tips of lessons. I said, no, you're not giving a lesson. You're talking about how you created what you're sharing with people. Ron, yeah, just real quick, following up what Wanda said. Um, so I I just published um, a book that sort of deals with aging, but it's a, it's a, it's a guide for caregivers, family caregivers called mm-hmm. the Caregiving Navigator. And it walks people through every stage of life, you know, caregiving when you're independent, when you're planning, when you're aging place, and when you need help all the way to the end of your life. Uh, and every stage of this, I start that section with a family conversation. That's what, yep. you know, it, you need to have be in conversation. That's why I subtitled this episode of the show, You Talking to Me? <laughs> okay, there we go. Terrible New York accent. Let's do some birthdays, everybody. Today, Joni Mitchell. You all have probably heard her music at some point. She is 80, singer-songwriter. Her album, Blue, features a case of you and Rivers, considered one of the greatest albums of all time by Rolling Stone. There you go. She grew up without any indoor plumbing or running water. Joni Mitchell. Didn't know that. I know. Adam Devine, a very talented writer and comedian. I remember him from Modern Family. He was the boyfriend of one of the kids. And he starred in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates with Zac Efron. Very interesting. He does a lot of commercials, too. Uh, Marie Curie in Memoriam was born today, an 1867 physicist and famous lady in science. I have three social media birthdays that I... Are you sitting down, Rook? You You are? <laughs> Ronnie, are you sitting down? Wanda, I'm Definitely. not sure, but I think, okay, okay. So we have somebody named uh, Ali, A-L-I dash capital A, who's 30 this week. And he is a full-time YouTuber who posts games and clickbait videos, including Fortnite. He published a graphic novel game, novel game on, that's for you, Rook, in October 2017. And he has two YouTube channels and he has only, are you still sitting down, Rook? Yes. I, I don't know what your stats are, but this young man at 30 has 18 million subscribers. Yeah. Okay, I just I find these people every week for my show. Then on TikTok, we have a, uh, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, Jessica. Oh, it's a woman. I thought it was Jessie. Jessie. Jessica Ortiz is 26. She is a social media star and content creator known for comedy and reaction videos. Wanda, this poor girl only has 10 million followers. If only. And then we have uh, Anthony Reeves, who is 22 today, 10 million fans. He posts lip sync videos, Ron, and duet videos. And he is also on Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube. I always tell people I'm in the wrong profession. Today, November 7th in music history, this year in 2007, Elvis Presley topped the annual Forbes magazine list of the most profitable dead celebrities. I know. His estate took in $49 million that year. John Lennon was number two. George Harrison, James Brown, and Bob Marley were on the list. And let's see. Um, in 2017, at his show in London, the crowd pelted Harry Styles, pretty boy, with Kiwi Fruit when he performed his song Kiwi to protect him when he played his Manchester concert three days later at the grocery store. ASD Asta refused to sell kiwi to anyone under the age of 25. <laughs> I thought you'd all get a kick of that. Today is National Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day. I'll take the chocolate without the almonds. Hug a bear day. I don't know. Maybe hug a dragon. Rook, that's for you and Jason. Uh, it's Keith Day and Lori Day. If you know anybody named Keith or Lori, it doesn't have to be their birthday. Just give them a shout out. And it's National Book Award Week. It's also, let's see, National Conscious Consciousness Month for Punctuality and Civility in November. Okay, we can be polite. Entrepreneurship Month. That's for you, Rook. You can talk about that. Gratitude Month. Novel Writing Month. I'm still working on mine. 27,000 words and I'm not done yet because I'm too much fun. It's No Shave November. What can I say? Aviation History Month. And in food, it's Adopt a Turkey Month. 
Okay, that's a little morbid. Banana Pudding Lover Month, Fun with Fondue Month, Peanut Butter Lover Month, Pepper Month, Pomegranate Month, Raisin Bread Month, and Roasting Month. I want to thank you three for being my very, very special guests. I have a closing to read, but I want to say thank you to Robert Cellino, who we've mentioned several times, and Rachel at Voice America, and Jordan, my engineer. So here's my closing. I got one minute. Just follow along. Life is short. Break the rules. Don't we all? Forgive quickly. I don't know. Kiss slowly. Yes. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Join me in a quick laugh. One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) And never, ever, ever regret anything that made you smile. Here's the final. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching. When I taught disco in high heels on a Formica table in a high school cafeteria, 250 people watched and I never fell. Sing like nobody's listening. I'm sorry I sang, Ron. Love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Let your heart regenerate and regrow. Money talks. Chocolate sings. At last but not least, I stole this line from a host years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Biney D signing off. Thanks again for tuning in to Next at the Mike Radio. Presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Join host Bonnie D again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we wish you a positively Mike-worthy week. 